Holy Spirit spoke that to us this morning. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he, Jesus, was alone on the land. And when he saw them, those disciples, when Jesus saw them straining at rowing, the King James says toiling in their rowing, straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. And they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately Jesus talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. I think there's some folks probably needs to hear that word today right there. That's the words of Jesus saying to us today, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. Amen. That's going to be another message possibly. But when he went up into the boat, then he went up, Jesus went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Amen. I want to call your attention to that uh, 48th verse and to a phrase there, which is what I'm going to use for this message today. Um, In verse 48, it says that, Now about the fourth watch of the night, He came to them walking on the sea. And I want to use for my subject this morning that thought, the fourth watch of the night. Would you bow your heads, let's pray this morning. Father, thank you for this service thus far for the anointing of your spirit, for the moving of the Holy Spirit in this house. Thank you, Father, for the awesome time of worship that you have given us in today's worship time. And Lord, right now, we ask you to open the hearts of every one of us to receive the seed of your word. Help me today to uh, say what you want me to say. Everything that I need to say, just... Speak your words through my lips. Think through my mind today, Lord, because you know the needs of your people. And we just want to feed upon your word today, be stronger in you. We ask for that today and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen Amen and Amen. Last Sunday we talked about, we preached to you from the, uh, the previous miracle that had taken place here in this sixth chapter of Mark's Gospel of Jesus taking a two-piece fish dinner and feeding 5,000 men plus their families, their wives and their children. It's not beyond beyond reason that possibly 15 to 20,000 people were there that uh, were fed by a little lad's lunch. Amen. Remember that? We talked about how that... um, how that uh, there's no problem that's too difficult for the Lord to solve. There's no one too small for the Lord to use. God can, can use you. He can solve your problems. And so we talked about that miracle. And so Jesus performed this miracle, fed these 5,000 men and their families, and then um, He was going to send them away. And the Bible said that before He sent the people away, that he, he made, the new King James said, he made the disciples get into a boat and get into the sea. 
uh, go out into the sea. The, the King James says that he constrained them. So from the reading of the text, it appears that these 12 disciples didn't want to get in the boat. So Jesus had to constrain them or to make them get into the boat. It was getting dark, and they knew that at, that for them to cross the lake to get to Bethsaida where he had told them to go, that they would be going across there at night and in the dark. Maybe there was signs of a windstorm at that time and they didn't really want to get in the boat. They didn't really want to go at that particular time. And sometimes we don't want to do what the Lord wants us to do and He has to constrain us and convince us that it's better for us to just do what he would like for us to do. Sometimes things and situations that we enter into that possibly all the Lord's will are not too pleasing to us, but we learn a great lesson from this passage, and I believe that the Lord Jesus was teaching his disciples some great things from this. He had a purpose for them going out on the Sea of Galilee at night and encountering the storm that they were about to encounter. And so they start out, they get in the boat, the disciples did, and they start out to the other side of the sea, and as they as they are in the boat and going across the sea, darkness falls uh, upon them and they are in the midst of the sea and they're all rowing and doing their part, but a great windstorm comes up. Not only is it dark, but now a great storm of wind comes up and it is opposing them. It was a wind that was against them, the Bible says. The King James again says that the winds were contrary, that they were toiling in their rowing, for the winds were contrary. I used to, when I was a younger preacher and I'd preach on that, I, I, would, I, would, I would say uh, the winds, the Bible said the winds were like Pentecostal people. And everybody look at me and I'd say, well, it said they were contrary. Okay, that didn't, that didn't go over too good. But anyway, the winds were in opposition to them. When somebody's being contrary, they're opposing, they're opposing you. Isn't that right? My mom used to t tell me sometimes I was being contrary. I didn't know what that meant, but it meant that I was, I, was, I was opposing. I wasn't doing what she wanted me to do. But the winds here, this storm, the winds blew up on the Sea of Galilee and it was, it was in opposition. They were opposing all of the efforts that these disciples were putting forth to, to, row that, to row that ship to the other side to where they needed to go. It seemed like that, that the winds were pushing them back, that they, their forward progress had seemed to have stopped and had halted. And uh, the Bible says... That they, were, that they were toiling, that they were straining in their rowing. And I, and I looked that word up to toil or to strain. And the Greek word that was translated straining there means this. It means to torture, to vex with grievous pains, either pains of your body or pains in your mind. It means to torment. And it also carries the meaning of to be harassed or distressed. The New King James says they were straining and rowing. The ESV says that they were making 
painful headway. Another translation says they were being battered as they rode. So we can see from this narrative that they weren't making much progress. There was something that was opposing them in their quest to get to where they needed to be. They had traveled about three miles in a nine-hour period. I mean, they had been out on the lake all night long trying to get where they needed to go. But in spite of all of their efforts, they seemed to be being hindered. This was their situation. This was where they were at in that fourth watch of the night, which that fourth watch, as we'll see, was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., And it was in that dark hour in that fourth watch of the night when they were toiling the way they were and in serious trouble that Jesus came to them. It was was in that situation that the Lord showed up and came to where they are. Now, when we read this and we we read this historical uh, account and this actually happened, uh, but boy, I tell you what, you know there's some there's some spiritual lessons for us here. Now I could just preach and tell you what happened there to them and you, you know people would say well I'm not apt to be out on a lake in a boat in a storm with some other people and have to worry about that. But this, this narrative I believe is also gives us a picture of the church today. Jesus was teaching, I believe through this, that Jesus was also teaching his disciples uh, something that they were going to face in the future, that just as they faced the opposition on the lake in the storm and uh, he showed up in in the right time, that they were also going to face some opposition spiritually in their ministry for the Lord in the future. But Jesus was showing them, don't give up when you're in that place of opposition because I will show up and I will bring you through that. Come on, can I get an amen? And so I believe this is a picture of the church um, in the world today because Jesus, you know, he died. He died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again. He ascended to the right hand of the Father and before Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave these disciples, not only these disciples, but all those who were gathered together before his ascension and saw him ascend, he gave them a commission. He commissioned the church to go out on this the sea into the sea of humanity and to the sea of the world and to take the gospel and to be carriers of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are to serve him faithfully. We are to witness for him faithfully. We are to preach his word faithfully through this life until he comes back for us. And I believe he's coming back soon. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. So he's telling, he's showing us here that we're on the sea of humanity and we're, 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 we're a place where we, you know, we experience storms. But I believe also that this shows us that at the time, now I want you to get this, at the time that Jesus returns, that the church will be experiencing some stormy times. 
Amen. Somebody said, well, I believe when he comes back that we will, that the church is going to be experiencing revival. Well, that can happen because that's usually when revival does take place. You know, usually there's not great revivals in the church in times of prosperity and in times of peace and in times when we're not experiencing any difficulty, but it's in those times when we're in the storm and we're facing opposition and it's dark and it's bleak looking that's when the church seems to really get down to business and begin to seek the Lord and understand and realize how much they need the Lord and that is when God can really move and come on the scene and give us revival. So I'm not saying that there's not gonna be a great move of God in the last days. I believe that there is and that there will be if the church will desire that and seek God and pray for that. Come on, amen? But I do believe that at his coming that the church is going to be experiencing some storms. I don't, I don't really believe that's going to be a time of smooth sailing in the last days in which we live. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. We are, whether you understand this or not, the church, I believe, is in the fourth watch of the night. The Romans had, the Romans had divided the watches into three watches, you know, or into to, to four watches from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., from 9 a.m. to noon, from noon to 3 p.m., or 3 a.m. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. <laughs> anyway, from, from uh, the, the, the four watches, anyway, that fourth watch was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., and I believe that's the time that the church is in today, amen. That we're in that, that time of that fourth watch just before the Lord comes back to, to rescue us and to get us out of here. And I, I tell you what, the church today and the church in, the last, in these last days in which we live is being buffeted by howling winds of satanic oppression and the attempt of the enemy today is to stop the church. Now, I want you to listen to me. This is the plan. This is the purpose of Satan. I'm not, I'm not glorifying the devil. We're going to see some, some victory here. But the, the plan of the enemy, if we're not ignorant of his devices, his purpose is to stop the forward progress of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. For 2,000 years he has tried and he has attempted to stop the forward progress of the church. He has opposed the church. He has fought the church. But can I tell you that here we are in 2019, over two, two millennia since Jesus went back to the right hand of the Father and Satan is still opposing. But can I tell you that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is still alive and well on the earth today. Amen. There is a remnant that are still a part of the real true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you today that no matter what winds may blow against us, what storms may howl against us, how rough the sea may become, I want you to know that we're gonna keep on rowing through the storm, hallelujah, and we're gonna make it through and make it to the other side, amen? 
Hallelujah. So we just well understand that it's not always going to be smooth sailing. I wish that I could get up here and tell everybody that it's just going to be uh, sunshine all the time and blue skies all the time and, and no storms are going to come our way. But I would be, I would be wrong in telling you something like that. All right? So there are going to be those times that Satan wants to oppose and does oppose the church. He will oppose you and I uh, personally as well. How many knows that? If you make up your mind to live for the Lord and to serve the Lord, uh, Satan will do what he can to stop you. He wants to stop the forward progress and the spiritual progress of every single believer. Amen. But listen to what I'm telling you today. In the midst of that, we've, we, we're going to make it through. Now here these disciples are, they've been on, the, on that water, for they've been on that sea for about nine hours. They've been fighting this, this, this windstorm. They've been rowing. They've been doing all they can. Now you know they must have been wore out. They had to be. Their muscles were aching and they must have said, where in the world is Jesus in the midst of this? Now we preached a few weeks back, you know, from the fourth chapter of Mark on the storm that 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 they went through and how Jesus but that was different Jesus was there on board they just went back and woke him up and said, what, Master, don't, well, don't you care that we perish? But here's a little different scenario. They're out there on the storm now and it's these 12 guys and Jesus isn't there. He's nowhere there. He, he had told them, I'm going to send you away. I'm going to send the multitude away. I'll meet you in Bethsaida tomorrow sometime. And Jesus isn't there. What are they going to do? They're rowing and their muscles are hurting and they're aching and they're tired and they're discouraged and they wondered what, where in the world is Jesus? Why doesn't Jesus show up? Why doesn't Jesus do something? Is there anybody here in this service today that have ever been in that situation where you've battled the storm and you've battled the storm and you've battled the winds of opposition and you've asked the question, where is the Lord? Why doesn't He show up? You're straining and you're toiling and you've been vexed and you're being harassed by the powers of darkness and you're saying where is the Lord I'm in my own personal fourth watch of the night I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this or not but can I tell you something just as Jesus showed up in the nick of time they didn't drown they didn't go under they didn't capsize Jesus came to them walking on the water in the fourth watch and I'm telling you if you hold on I'm some good news. Jesus is going to show up for you today as well. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Amen. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. I feel good today. Anybody else feel good? Hallelujah. Fourth watch of the night. David said, David said in Psalm 34, how many like Psalm 34? David said in Psalm 34, this poor man cried. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, his prayer and delivered him out of all of his troubles. The psalmist also wrote and said that weeping may endure, what? For the night, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. So you may be going through that, 
that, that period of storms personally in your life to today in this service. But I just want to give you a little bit of good news and let you know that Jesus is going to show up and He's going to help you and He's going to bring you through. Can, do you receive that today? Amen. But also there is... There is um, there's something else. When we think about where we're at prophetically and we think about where we are on the prophetic calendar and we think about the coming of the Lord and we preach about the coming of the Lord and we have messages and in tongues and interpretations of the whole gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit encouraging us, telling us that, that He's coming soon, the Lord's coming soon. And I do believe that. I know there are those that say, well, you know, preacher, we've heard that all of our lives. I mean, uh, for, for years and years, ever since we've been growing up, preachers have been saying Jesus is coming. Well, we're just that much closer today. Amen. I know Brother Steve's dad, you know, well, he and I were friends years ago, and I know he preached the coming of the Lord. And my uncle preached the coming of the Lord, who was my pastor. And those before them preached that the Lord was coming. And for 2,000 years, the church has been proclaiming that message that Jesus is coming. And so is he coming? Is he still coming? Is he, has he changed his agenda? Has he changed his mind? No, he hasn't. If he said that he was coming back, then he's coming back. And so we, we need to understand where are we today on the prophetic calendar? Where are we at? I mean, some would place us in the middle of the tribulation and, you know, sometimes it, it feels like it. Amen. But, but, but we believe here, we believe in the, in the pre-tribulation tribulation rapture of the saints. Amen. And you may not agree on the time of the rapture with us. We believe in the pre-trib rapture and um, some believe in a mid, some believe in a post. Uh, listen, here's the most important thing. We're going to believe in a pre-trib rapture as long you just need to believe in a rapture. If you want if you want to stay through part of the tribulation, that's fine. If you want to stay to the end, that's fine. But I'm planning on getting out of here just very very soon. Come on somebody. So where are we at? We're in the fourth watch of the night, and I believe prophetically this is showing us where we are at on God's calendar because we are in the fourth watch of the night. We're not just only in the last days, but I believe that we are in the last hours of the last day. And John said that. In 1 John uh, chapter number 2, John said this. He said, little children, it's the last hour. This is the New King James. He said, this is the last, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Hour, not just the last days, but we're in the. John said at that time they were in the last hour. Well, if they were in the last hour, then we've got to be in the last minutes or the last seconds of the time of the coming of the Lord. He said, We know we're in the last hours because there have been many antichrists plural, that have come. There is an antichrist spirit that is prevalent in the world today. There is a spirit of antichrist that is, that is opposed to the 
church today. And we are experiencing in these last days in which we live, we are experiencing uh, demon powers that are coming against the church in an unprecedented way. There are contrary winds. There are opposing winds of opposition that hinder, that try to hinder and impede our progress and the progress of the church. The opposing forces at time seems to bring us to a standstill. And somebody said, you know, do, you know what about that, Brother Rick? I, listen, I believe that because of the fact we are in the last of the last days, that Satan knows that. And the Bible talks about it in Revelation 12 and 12. It said, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth for, the, these, for Satan, the devil, is cast down having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short time. Satan doesn't know exactly the timetable, but he's got sense enough to know that time is running out and he's got to do everything he can to bring about his plan and his purpose to defeat the church, to defeat Christ. Oh, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going through and Jesus will never be defeated. His church is going to make it through. Can I get an amen in this house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The powers of darkness are uniting today. I believe as they never have before. You know, I was thinking as I was studying this, if we could get the church as united as Satan has united his group. That's right. Here, the enemy is bringing, uniting his forces together with one purpose to defeat and destroy the church. And at the same time, the church is dividing and fussing and feuding and arguing and all that nonsense. We've got to come together. See, the only way that we can be victorious is to be as one. We've got, got to speak with the same voice and say the same thing and be of one heart and one mind and one accord. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. But these last days, this fourth watch of the night that we're in today... I believe is the darkest hour of the age. I really believe that. We're seeing things in the United States take place that we would have never dreamed 30, 40 years that we would have never dreamed that we would be seeing these things happen that we're seeing before our very eyes. Amen? You agree with me? You turn on the television, you turn on the news. I don't watch it, the news as much as I used to. It's just the same old rhetoric and stuff all the time. But I watch enough of it to know that we're in the fourth watch of the night. We're in the dark hour in this nation and in the world. And the only light that this world has, the only salt and light that we sing about that this old world has is a church that is filled with the Spirit of God and on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to be that salt and light in the world today. But Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul said this, he said, but, this, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. The Amplified says, understand this, that in the last days will come or will set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. 
That's where we're at. It's times that are hard to deal with, times that are hard to bear, times that are dark, times that are stormy, perilous times in these last days. And so Paul said that perilous times would come in the last days. He said, for men would be lovers of themselves. Do you see that today? Men would be lovers of themselves. They would be lovers of money, proud, boasters, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Some some parents use that, that scripture for an excuse not to make their kids mind. Well, you know, Pastor, it says in the last days they'll be disobedient. Listen, the world's kids can be disobedient, but you as a Christian need to dis- discipline those kids and, and show them some discipline and some obedience. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't part of my message, but I'd throw that in for nothing. Amen? There's a spirit out there. Come on, amen? There's a spirit that's working in this fourth watch of the night. He said they would be disobedient to parents and look at the four uns here. They would be unthankful, unholy, unloving, and unforgiving. They would be slanderers and without self-control. Do you see that today? No temperance, no self-control over, over, their, over their lusts and over their desires. They would be brutal. Can you, can, you, can you think of anything more brutal than to rip an unborn baby from its mother's womb? I'm telling you we're in the fourth watch of the night and I'm looking forward to Jesus coming back very soon. He said they would be despisers of good. We talked about that a little bit yesterday in the prayer meeting. How that John said that they would be haters. He said, John said in his first epistle, he said, marvel not, brethren, that the world hates you. Jesus said that if the world, Jesus said, if the world hated me, they're going to hate you also. We've got everything turned upside down today in this world where men are calling good evil and they're calling evil evil good. Today, the sinner, the ungodly, the, 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 those who are, are, are committing infanticide and those type of things are considered to be good. And we that speak out against it and proclaim Bible truths, we're considered to be the ones that are evil. And we're living in a day, and you can mark it down today, that Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled, blood-washed Christians are hated by this world. I don't fit in in this world. I said I don't fit in and I ain't going to try to fit in. Hallelujah. It's getting too close to the coming of the Lord for us to try to fit in with this world. We're in the fourth watch of the night. Hallelujah. We'll fool around and have camp meeting. Woo! They'll be despisers of them that are good traitors and headstrong and haughty and lovers of, this is the one here that's infiltrated the church. In this fourth watch, they're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I could preach on that, but I'm gonna give you a break today. (laughs) Then he said that they would have a form of godliness and deny its power, and we see that prominent within the majority of the church world today. 
They gather together and have church, but there's no operation of the Spirit. They don't want the moving of the, of the Holy Spirit. They don't want the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. They deny the power of God to change an individual's life. People are being told, well, you can't help the way that you are, but, but God understands the way that you are, and there's a form of godliness, but can I tell you, they're denying the power of God to change an individual's life and to turn them around. Listen, God help us here. Help me here at Abundant Life Family Church that when people come in that are bound by the powers of darkness that we won't just have a form, that we won't just go through the motions, that we just won't put on a show or try to entertain them, but that there will be the power of God that will be demonstrated to deliver them and to set them free from the bondages that hold them. That's the last hour we're living. That's a description of the last days that Paul said that we would be that we would be in in that fourth watch of the night. It's a time that's dark. It's a time that's stormy. It's a time of opposition. It's a time, and let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We have been so blessed in this nation. I thank God that I am an American. Can I get an amen? I thank God. That I, that I am a citizen and was born in a country in the greatest nation on the face of this earth. I thank God for that today. Hallelujah that it is the land of the free because of the brave. Are you listening to me? I thank God for those who have risked their lives and our servicemen and women that have, that have went out to make sure that we maintain these freedoms that we have. But can I tell you that there is an agenda out there and there are people out there that would like to take these freedoms that we have away from us. My God help us today. We are opposed by the enemy, but I got news for you. We will take a stand on the word of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Come on. Woo! And if we, if, 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 a lot of ifs there, wasn't there? If those freedoms are taken away before the rapture comes, before Jesus comes. And it could happen. I'm not prophesying that it will, but it could. Listen, listen. We have been promised by the Lord to deliver us from the wrath to come. The wrath of God. But we've not been promised to be delivered from persecution or from tribulations. Amen? All who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer tribulation. Isn't that what the Bible says? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. So should we lose those periods? What I guess I'm trying to say is there could come a time in this wonderful nation of the good old USA, there could come a time when our religious freedoms are taken away. And I'll tell you one thing, if that does happen, it will definitely separate the wheat from the tares. Because those, yeah, those that really love God are going to stand and they're go- those who really are saved are going to keep on rowing through that fourth watch. Those who really are saved are going to strain at those oars through that fourth watch. They're not going to give up. They're not going to 
quit. They're gonna know that it may be dark and it may be stormy, but somewhere out on the water is the Lord Jesus and he's coming to get us safely to the other side. Woo! Man, I tell you, I feel this this morning. I really do. Well, it's going to get better, preacher. It's going to get better. Paul said in the last days, evil men and seducers will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. If there ever was a time that we need to be in prayer meetings, if there ever was a time that we need to be in every service that we possibly can, it's in the fourth watch of the night in the dark hour in which we live. Isaiah, Isaiah experienced that dark hour in his life and ministry and in his time. Isaiah saw the people of God turning away from the Lord. The heavens, the heavens were black with clouds over his life. And it was a dark time that Isaiah was, was in. And in Isaiah 64, 1, Isaiah prayed a prayer. And... Uh, we, we, I want, I, we need to get a hold of this. Because here was what Isaiah cried out to the Lord in that time of darkness. He said, oh, speaking to the Lord, he said, oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens and that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. That was the prayer that he prayed when they were going through a time of darkness And he longed, here was Isaiah, in that dark hour was longing for God to to come and to suddenly break through that darkness, to break through those clouds just as the sun breaks through after a terrible storm. That was his prayer. God, break through this darkness that your presence would come down and that that the mountains of opposition would melt down and be shaken and fall down before you at your presence. Can I tell you something today, ladies and gentlemen, that the power of the of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, has come down at the day on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost has come down. But I tell you, there needs to be some praying done by the church today. God manifests that power and that glory and that presence within the church of the Lord Jesus in this dark hour. Break through the darkness. There's people in this service today who are needing a breakthrough in your life. Oh Lord, rend those heavens. Push back those dark clouds. Let the sun shine again in people's lives. Let the glory of the Lord be manifested one more time within your church in the fourth watch of the night. Show up, Jesus, and do something great in our lives. Woo! I must be feeling better than y'all are. Amen? Oh, God. See, the church needs to pray. The church, boy, I got a bunch of amens on that. The church needs to pray. We must. Isaiah's prayer is a picture of the believer longing for that sudden intervention of God. Lord, he's saying, what he's saying is, Lord, do something. Lord, show up and do something. See, America needs something. 
You know what America needs? We need a spiritual awakening again in this nation. We need God to move in America again. Praise God and, 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 and to give us a spiritual awakening and a revival in these last days. The church needs something in these last days. Listen, people are dying going to hell every tick of the clock, every second. People in this area, that, in, in this mineral area that need Jesus. And all the church for the most part today is doing is entertaining people. It's entertaining people. Amen? Hallelujah. I know we don't like to hear that. But I didn't come. Thank God. I thank God for this worship team and the good worship. But you know what? Listen to me. Sister Leona and these, these musicians and these singers are not up here on this platform to entertain you. Hallelujah. They're not up there for you to be entertained. They are up there to help lead you, to, to, to lead you into the presence of God, to sing. Listen, there's power. Are you hearing me today? I said there's power in anointed music and there's power in anointed singing. Amen? When, when Saul was tormented by an evil spirit from the Lord and he couldn't get free from it, he called for David, glory to God and David came in praise God with his harp with his violin so to speak and he played anointed music and the evil spirit that was on Saul left him and he was refreshed there's something this is a ministry I said this is a ministry we're not here to amuse goats we're here to feed the sheep and bless the church and lead you into it deeper relationship with God. Woo! You can tell by looking at me, I'm not here to entertain anybody. <laughs> Amen? But these are what, this is the fourth watch of the night. This is what the days would be just before the, the appearing of the Lord. Jesus said, that it would be as it was in the days of Noah. And as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Is that what he said? So you, you just, here's your homework. Go home and study the days of Noah. And study the days of Lot and of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then you come back and tell me, well, brother, I don't see any similarities in there and today. And we'll sit down and have us a Bible study together. Amen? There are similarities. There are very much similarities. It is. We are in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. I've got to close. I've got to close. I'm trying to convince you. Have I done a good job to convince you? We are in the fourth watch. We are in the fourth watch. We're in the end times. We're in the final days and the final hours before Jesus appears. So it's not time to give up. But something more here though that they're they're in the storm and they're straining, but before Jesus came to them, the Bible says that He saw them. 
And see, this is so encouragement to me, encouraging to me because in verse 48 it says that Jesus saw them straining. Oh, listen to me, church. This is the consolation you and I have. Well, what are we going to do, preacher? We're in, the, we're in the fourth watch. We're in the last days. But can I tell you something today? Jesus knows exactly where you are. And He knows where His church is. And He knows what we're going through. And He knows what we're facing. Amen? He knows how dark it is. He knows the opposition that you and I face. He knows, the, he knows all about the winds of opposition that are blowing against us. He knows how weary you have become. He knows when it seems like that you're doing all you can do and making very little headway. When you're praying every prayer and it doesn't seem like anything good is happening, Jesus sees you. I said He sees you. He is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. He knows where you are. He knows where His church is. Hallelujah! And what you suffer and what I suffer, he suffers as well. He's that high priest touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Amen? When the, when the children of Israel were, were, were in Egypt and under the taskmasters of Egypt and they were, they were under that bondage and they were so afflicted by the Egyptians. And here was God's chosen people, God's elect, His chosen ones that were down there in Egypt, taskmasters over them, forced labor, miserable conditions. They were in the fourth watch of their night. They were in that time of storm. But you know what? God knew exactly what they were going through. It seemed like to them that God had forgotten His people. But can I tell you that there was a man that God had raised up by the name of Moses and he was out tending his father-in-law's sheep one day on the backside of the desert and a bush caught on fire that wouldn't burn up. A bush caught on fire that wouldn't be consumed. And Moses said, I need to step aside and see this strange sight. I've never saw anything like this before. And God's got his attention. And God spoke to him, praise God, out of that burning bush and said, Moses, get your shoes off your feet because the place where you stand is holy ground. Hallelujah! And then the Lord said this to Moses. He said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians see God said to him he said I have seen I hear and I know all about the situation and you go back and tell them help is on the way because I haven't just saw their situation but I've come down are you hearing me I've come down to deliver them. Oh, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus is coming. It is the fourth watch of the night. But Jesus can see you. And He can see me. And He can see this church through the gloom and the darkness. And He's coming back once and for all to deliver us from every taskmaster to take us out of this old world to meet Him in the clouds of glory. Glory forever. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming in the fourth watch of the night. Oh, hallelujah. 
I got about half of you excited about that. Glory, hallelujah. Listen. We're in the fourth watch prophetically. Jesus sees what we're going through. And he's coming to deliver. But here's the thing. As these disciples, so we must be as they were. Because in the midst of the darkness and the storm, the one thing that they did was this. They kept rolling. They kept pulling on the oars. The wind may be driving them back, but they kept pulling on the oars. They made three miles in nine hours, but they kept pulling on the oars. The storm couldn't get them to quit. Their muscles ached. They were tired. They had been up all night long, but they kept pulling on the oars. Oh, come on, somebody. I I don't know what's wrong with church folks today. We got the most comfortable seats anybody could. We spend extra money to get extra padding for for your derriere so you can sit on nice, comfortable pews and seats. Amen. Amen. We've We've got a lumbar support for your back so that you can be comfortable sitting there. We've got good, cool air condition. When it's a hundred degrees outside we can get it 70 on the inside and we try to make it just as comfortable as as we can for people to come to the house of God but there's always somebody that's got to gripe it's either too cold or it's too hot or something here or it's something there oh why don't you hush and get a hold of an oar and start rowing and start helping us through this storm and start helping us get through these last days that we're in. Get in the boat. Do your share. Do your part. Bear your burden. Bear your load. Do what God's called you to do. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. I'll just let you in on a secret. That wasn't in my notes. That was just pure Holy Ghost. Keep on rowing. That's the message that the church needs to hear today. Keep on rowing. Keep on rowing. Keep on rowing. Worship team, make your way back. The the progress was hindered, but they kept rowing. They kept a hold of the oar. See, listen, in the fourth watch of the night, there's always the temptation to give up when the going gets rough. It's not always easy. It's not always sunny. No, that's right. But when you do all you can do and accomplish little, and listen, I've had to learn this lesson as a pastor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many times pastors will get a new church and that first six months is honeymoon. But then as soon as trouble rears its head or the storm begins to blow, mm-hmm. they say, hmm, I believe the Lord's calling me somewhere else. <laughs> I hear the Lord calling me somewhere else. That's good. There's very little longevity in the pastorate anymore. We've been here 16 years, but can I tell you something? On those times, we've had good times. Yes. 
We've had that. We've saw people come and the house filled. And we see people go. And then when you just keep preaching and you keep praying and you keep rolling and you keep straining and it seems like don't see any progress. How many knows what I'm talking about? But I learned a long time ago that when that's the case, when that's the scenario, you just get a tighter grip on those oars. And you just, you, well, Lord, I'm tired. Well, Lord, I'm weary. Well, Lord, I don't know. I don't really know what to do. Just pull on that oar one more time. Just pull on it one more time. Just keep rowing that boat. Hallelujah. Well, it, Lord, we went one mile ahead and then we got driven back two miles. And he says, just row on it one more time. Just row on it one more time. He's talking about being faithful. God, give us some faithful church folks.